With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. How's it going, Katie? Not bad. How about yourself, Keith? I'm all right. Nice. I am. It's it's a it's a big day. There's lots of Madonna news, and for once, Indeed. I don't have to shoehorn her into the show. I chose to put Madonna in the show this week, not Keith. It was me. So it's all it's whatever <laughs> you're about to hear. It's all Katie's doing. I had nothing to do with this. I promise. I haven't even. I don't even know what questions she's going to ask me. Yeah, good. Um, but uh, you'll you'll find out why. Well, I mean, Madonna announced it to her, but we're going to get to that in a second. <laughs> because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how SZA's SOS is unstoppable at number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart, notching a fifth straight week atop the tally. But how long will she stay at number one? Hmm. Meanwhile, Taylor Swift's Antihero captures an eighth week at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, making it the Swift song with the most weeks at number one. Plus, Zach Bryan's slow burn hit single Something in the Orange reaches the Hot 100's top 10 more than eight months after its release. Also on the show, and I don't know why I'm the one introing this, but you know, Madonna is going on tour. And not just any tour, but a career-spanning tour called the Celebration Tour, honoring her four decades of hits. We'll talk all about it on the show, and I will pepper Superfan Keith with questions about what to expect, so stick around for that. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All right, let's do the chart chat. First off... SZA's SOS stays put at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart for a fifth consecutive and total week. It earned 125,000 equivalent album units in the U.S. in the week ending January 12th, according to Luminate, and that was down just 1% compared to the previous week. The vast majority of the album's activity comes from streams of the set's songs. Uh, Only four albums actually have spent at least five weeks at number one, since the start of 2022. Uh, In order from most recent, backwards in time, we have SOS, Taylor Swift's Midnights, Bad Bunny's Un Verano Senti, which had 13 weeks, Midnights had five weeks, and then the Encanto soundtrack with nine weeks. So uh, SZA is in very rare company uh, right now. Uh, Though, Katie, you might be wondering, how long is SZA going to be at number one? I am wondering, Keith. Can you tell me? <laughs> well, um, you know, January is often kind of a slow period for new releases. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like anything, at least on first blush, that came out last Friday might necessarily threaten SZA's position at number one. Yeah. So that would seem to give her a sixth week at number one. 
But what about a seventh week? Hmm. Well, we have to look at what's coming out on Friday, January 20th, this coming Friday. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to the show in real time. If you're listening to this five years in the future, then you already know what happened. <laughs> um, on the 20th, we have a Monoskin album. Um, mm-hmm. Could could that debut at number one? I mean, maybe. I mean, anything is possible. They aren't like huge streaming act necessarily. Um They'd have to sell a lot of albums to be number yeah. one. So, you know, maybe, maybe SZA gets a seventh week at number one. What about an eighth week? As I just keep on going farther and farther what into about the future. It? What about it? Well, that would take us to January 27th, where we have a new Sam Smith album, Gloria, uh, which clearly could be a ten- contender, um, especially based on Sam's previous success on the album chart, as well as the huge smash single uh, Unholy with Kim Petras that still, is on the album. Still killing it in the top 10 of the Hot 100. So maybe SZA stops at seven to let Sam Smith have a week at number one. Or maybe. You know, we don't know. We don't. It's, I like I like, uh, I like theorizing. <laughs> do, you, do you have any theories on this, Katie, based upon no, what I, mean, I just told you? What you just told me makes me think she's almost guaranteed enough, like at least one more week and yeah. potentially two pretty simply. But um, that which is wild. The, a simple seven week number one album doesn't really, you know, happen to someone. Yeah, no. Um, so it, it once again uh, reaffirms just how popular SZA and this album is, uh, yeah. which, you know, it's something we all knew, but it's just like, one more time, let's let's remind everyone just how popular <laughs> SZA is. Just how much everyone uh, missed SZA. Exactly. Um, well, next up, over on the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart, Taylor Swift's Antihero uh, stays put at number one for an eighth non-consecutive week, making it Swift's longest reign atop the list, surpassing the seven weeks at number one of Blank Space. Antihero was up in both airplay and sales for the week, though down in streams. And uh, she got a sales bump up 7% in digital download sales last week, and that was helped by 10 previously released versions of the song made available and discounted to $0.69 in Swift's own official web store in the last five days of the tracking week. She's nothing if not a businesswoman. But uh, she was excited about being number one. Uh, She shared on social media how excited she was to be number one. And uh, she, at the same time, also, um, you know, basically congratulated SZA on an amazing album. And she says that she's been playing SZA's album nonstop recently. So it's nothing but love between these two ladies. SZA already responded to Taylor. And Jack Antonoff also posted about Taylor being number one for another week as well. So, yeah, they talked about it was just, just like a very personal song when they made it. They never thought it was going to be her biggest hit on the Hot 100 ever, you know, so. It does feel like, um, swiveling back to SZA for a second, uh, with Kill Bill's video having come out in the middle of last week, Mm -hmm. um, it feels like maybe next week, next Monday, will be possibly the week that SZA goes to number one with Kill Mm -hmm, Bill, mm because Kill Bill goes to number two this week. And Kill Bill is still building in radio airplay as well. So I have a feeling, I have a feeling SZA is going to get there. It's just going to take another week or two probably. Yeah. That's just my theory. I don't manage the Hot 100. I, what do I know? <laughs> um, also in the top 10 on the Hot 100, Zach Bryan's slow burning country rock hit, Something in the Orange, climbs 11 to 10 
marking the first top 10 for the singer more than eight months after the song was released in April of 2022. The track has been steadily building an audience, mostly through streaming services, as radio hasn't really supported the song in any kind of major way yet. Uh, But Brian has uh, broken through also thanks to the prominence of his music in the smash TV show Yellowstone, which has synced, I believe, like six different Zach Bryan songs um, in just its current season alone, which began in November. Of course, they haven't synced something in the orange yet. <laughs> but just, I think the rising popularity of Zach Bryan as an artist can be definitely attributed to Yellowstone yes. and then people, of course, discovering his breakthrough song. Right, right, right. What's also interesting about this track is that uh, Something in the Orange, as Gary Trust, Hot 100 chart manager Gary Trust notes on Billboard.com, it ties for the second longest climb to the top 10, 38 chart weeks, matching the journeys of Carrie Underwood's Before He Cheats and Nat King Cole's The Christmas Song, the latter of which did it over a whopping 11 on and off runs uh, from its 1960 debut to the most recent holiday season. Only one song has taken longer to reach the top 10 by total time on the tally, and that was Glass Animals Heat Waves. Yeah, so it, it's it's pretty incredible that uh, this song has flourished over a substantial amount of time. You know, maybe maybe a radio... Maybe radio will come around now and start playing the track, but, you know, maybe he doesn't really need radio at this point. But I was going to say, Zach has done this largely on the outskirts of the country establishment. Um, you know, like you said, the the Yellowstone connection. And then before that, it was like even more organic, just truly people discovering him from live shows and, and music he put online himself. And so he it's been a big snowball effect coming up to this point. And obviously he's worked his way all the way up to the top 10 of the hot 100 which a lot of establishment country artists can't say so Mm. it's pretty amazing well i know you've all been waiting for the madonna news that we teased at the top of the show of course Uh, madonna announced the dates for her celebration tour on tuesday morning it's her upcoming global tour honoring four decades of hits so the 35 city tour will kick off in north america on july 15th at rogers arena in vancouver british columbia and then hit Detroit, Chicago, New York, Miami, Los Angeles, Dallas, and San Francisco before wrapping up in Las Vegas on October 7th. Then she'll move on to Europe, starting with a date in London at the O2 Arena on October 14th and winding down in Amsterdam on December 1st at the Ziggo Dome. It makes me tired just thinking about it, Madonna. Uh, But in a statement about the tour, she said, I'm excited to explore as many songs as possible in hopes to give my fans the show they have been waiting for. She also revealed that Bob, the drag queen, will be the special guest on all dates. Okay, so enough enough of Katie talking about Madonna. Uh, Keith, as our resident lifelong Madonna stan, I'm going to hit you with some questions. Uh, You know, this tour feels different. It feels important. It feels special. Why? Why is that? Why does this feel different from the previous outings that she has been on? I want to point out that I have not seen any of these questions. Um, I think it, 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 you may think it feels special because she's going out of her way to frame this as a career hits filled kind of retrospective show, which is not the norm for Madonna. Um, all of her tours until this one, uh, have been 
ostensibly in support of a recently released studio album where she would play new songs from that album alongside a selection of hits and other recordings. So this upcoming tour, unless she drops an album that we don't know about, she does not have any new material from a new album to play. Does that mean she not doesn't have new songs to share? Not necessarily. I mean, over the past year or so, she's released a bunch of different remixes of Frozen and Material Girl and, and Hung Up. So maybe we'll see those versions live. But that's the I think that's probably the, the immediate reason why it feels different compared to previous Madonna tours. Yeah. OK, so why why now and why, uh, you know, articulate that it's going to be this like, you know, hits retrospective? I think now, business-wise, it feels like, you know, she signed that deal with Warner Music Group in 2021. That was a catalog deal to where Warner was going to effort to exploit and promote her back catalog of music. And it was a very big deal. And um, they were going to start releasing kind of moments to celebrate her career, you know, and and in the past year or so we've gotten that. We got the finally enough love compilation album, which had a bunch, which had, you know, um remastered versions of her biggest dance hits. By the way, she's had 50 number ones on Billboard's Dance Club songs chart. And in addition to that, there were other things too. Other, you know, oh the 12 inch vinyl erotica picture disc and, you know, things for record store day. So there's always been these moments. So it feels like they're kind of in retrospective looking back celebratory mode in addition to the fact that 2022 marked the 40th anniversary of her first release on Warner Records. Well, it was Sire Records at the time, but it went through Warner. So, you know, four decades, 40 years, Warner catalog deal. It all feels like this is kind of part of that ongoing celebration. And what is the word on the Madonna streets? <laughs> what uh, what are other Madonna fans saying about this news? Because obviously Billboard, uh, you know, had a little bit of intel last week and did a story uh, announcing this. So it was announced for, you know, for real, all the details today. But people have already been sort of mumbling about this. Yes. I mean, Madonna fans are always um, eager <laughs> <laughs> to see Madonna live. And most Madonna fans know they probably have to like mortgage a house to do it because, you know, tickets are never cheap. You know, I I, I don't have sort of a full survey in front of me of what Madonna <laughs> fans collectively think. I would imagine that most fans, if they are being promised hits, 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 nothing but the hits, they're going to be very excited because that's not always necessarily the norm. I mean, Katie, when you and I saw the Madame X tour in L.A. in 2019, did you feel that you got enough uh, got enough hits out of the show uh, as a sort of casual but avid fan of Madonna? Thankfully, I, I knew what to expect with that one going in. It was the first time I'd seen Madonna live, which is a wild first way to see her, I think. But she did play Like a Prayer, which was my everything when I was growing up. And so to hear that live was very special. So the idea of that times 40, you know, like every right, song that right. was special to me, that's pretty insane to think about, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, again, this is the first time that she is going out on the road without any new album to promote. So, you know, you're not going to have some of the set list uh, eaten up by 
new material that people don't necessarily know. Like in theory, every song is going to be something that everyone in that audience should know. Okay, that being said, (laughs) that being said, I feel like the Madonna fans probably have some special requests, even though she's saying hits, hits, hits. There are some lesser known hits or things that she hasn't played as much that maybe people are already asking for. Do you have any uh, idea what some of those things are? (laughs) It's funny. um, Since the Finally Enough Love album came out last year and she, though it was positioned as 50 number ones, one of her number one dance hits or one of her number one dance hits was just left off the album entirely, uh, causing a commotion. Mm. And there has been this small but mighty, uh, somewhat tongue-in-cheek campaign, hashtag justice for causing a commotion. Because <laughs> she hasn't performed causing a commotion since the Blonde Ambition Tour in 1990. So I'm sure some fans would, would be thrilled to see causing a commotion. I personally would still like to see Rescue Me, the song that I personally mm. asked her to play back in uh, 2019. And, at the and you got a little justice for that with like an interlude during the Madame X show, right? That was my fault. I I suggested, <laughs> you know, it could be an interlude. And then she actually did it made it. A, and she's a like, great interlude. idea. She's like, super. I don't have to sing it. Um, I, I The thing is, like, I could be perfectly fine not hearing La Isla Bonita again. Oh, that hurts. She, that's painful. Love the song, but she's played it like a bajillion times. Yeah, she on obviously tour. loves that one because she's, she's yeah, continue to play it. It's don't it's definitely happening on this tour. <laughs> like it's happening the fact, again. The, the fact that in the uh, trailer, the video, the YouTube trailer, it's the trailer song that, that got the out, biggest play in that trailer. They all start singing along to it Together. in this trailer. I'm like, it, by the way, if you haven't seen this trailer, there is a like a five minute version and a one and a half cut down version where it's sort of a a spoof of Truth or Dare, Madonna's Truth or Dare movie that chronicled the Blonde Ambition tour behind the scenes. And in this new uh, announcement video, it's Madonna sitting at a table with this sort of weird melange of people. There's Jack I mean, Black, Lil Wayne, all, It's Amy a lot Schumer. of people I love. I was like, wow, is this, do I have the same taste as Madonna? Because <laughs> I enjoy everyone at that table. Or almost everyone. I didn't know every human at that table. Uh, no, there were a few people I did not know who they were. I thought it was nice that Bob the Drag Queen was there. Bob the Drag yes. Queen is one of the winners of RuPaul's Drag Race from a few years ago. Brilliant, incredible like stand-up uh, comedian. Um, just a great, um, engaging uh performer bob is going to be a special guest on all the dates which i'm assuming that means bob is probably doing an opening stand-up act i guess which i kind of love that's fun i think that's great and bob was part of the uh pride event that madonna did in new york last year sort of the mini kind of promo performance that was like maybe 15 minutes long bob was part of that and well received and in the videos if you watch uh back of at the, the finale of that pride performance all of the uh, ensemble comes out to perform with Madonna at the end, singing the song Celebration, which is an, an older song of Madonna's, not terribly old, but, you know, Celebration. And uh, at the very end, as Madonna is sort of greeting each of the individual members who were part of the show, at the end she turns and there's Bob and you hear M- Madonna say, Bob, in, a, in like a very happy tone. So clearly right. whatever interactions they had, uh, stuck around in Madonna's brain, and and now we have Bob going on tour with Madonna. Love it. Okay, uh, let me hit another question or two here. Uh, what else from Madonna's past are fans hoping she might nod to on this tour? Any ideas there? What else from Madonna's past are fans? Yeah, I mean, not just she- songs. We're talking about song, but like, we're, if we're talking about a retrospective, it's like she's been on so many tours, had so many iconic fashions, had so many different dancers, oh. and uh, you know, oh. like, etc. 
I mean, yeah, no, I, I've, I've openly <laughs> appealed for Madonna to bring back friends of the podcast, Donna DeLore and Nikki Harris. Yes. Um, who were um, uh, backup dancers and singers for Madonna on the Who's That Girl Tour, Blonde Ambition Tour, Girly Show Tour, and Drowned World Tour. Even and if you don't think you know them, you've seen them. You know them. You've, you <laughs> are saw they in the, the Vogue they, video? They are in the Vogue video. Yeah. The two women in the Vogue video with Madonna. Um, Nikki was also in the music video. She's one of the ladies in the in the limo with Madonna. You've heard their voices on tons and tons of Madonna's songs and albums as, as her background singers. And... You know, if you saw Truth or Dare, you saw them with Madonna. Um, there, there were always great with interactions on stage, and the the blend of their three voices is something that Madonna fans particularly love. Will we see them on tour with her? I don't know, um, but you know, it, I would like to think that it could be possible, considering that Donna and Nikki themselves have performed recently uh, just uh, last year they did a, a club show in Los Angeles and they sang Madonna they sang a few Madonna songs they sang Rain as, and some other songs so um, they look back upon that um, in a clearly in a, in a special way so it would be great if they can come back and also be fun if like maybe Madonna brings back some of her maybe familiar dancers, you know, Jose Extravaganza, you know, from the Blonde Ambition Tour, and Jose was part of that Pride performance last year. Um, that would be incredible. Um, you know, maybe key da uh, band members that she's had throughout the years, maybe they come back as well. Who knows? Maybe we'll see a return of the Cone Bra from the Blonde Ambition Tour. Anything is possible. Okay, let me hit you with one final question, and then uh, we, we can move on, I, even though maybe you don't want to move on, but we're going to. <laughs> I just want to ask you, are you optimistic about this tour? You've seen uh, you've seen Madonna live. I'm not sure how many times. Remind us how many times. Do you know how many times? Uh, um, I don't know. Countless times. Did you want to did, did you want to did you want a number? I mean, if you had um, one, but if not, that's fine. But I just want to know if you're optimistic about this tour going in. Um, uh, cautiously optimistic and hey, maybe that's sacrilegious can perfect word to choose for Madonna. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I want this to be successful because, you know, you always want your faves to succeed. And you I would like her to remind people why she is still considered the queen of pop, but I also know that I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm like, will will this will this go off without a hitch, you know? Um, Probably not, that, but it wouldn't that, be a Madonna tour if it went off without a hitch. <laughs> I mean, okay, let, uh, real talk, real talk here. The last couple tours, she consistently showed up late on stage. Katie and I were sitting there until I think it was like 1130 until she got up on stage. Correct. Uh, something like that, yeah. Um, the last tour, she had a number of injuries that sort of plagued her throughout the tour that forced her to postpone a lot of dates, cancel some dates. You know, and her last her last performances, you know, she did this performance where she popped up at a Maluma show and she was a little unsteady. I kind of wonder if maybe some of those injuries maybe lingered on. But knowing Madonna... <laughs> I say that like knowing her, <laughs> I, knowing Madonna's professional history, she's not going to commit to something and knowingly have it like be a floptastic failure. No, she's going to put 100 percent of her energies into yeah. it and she's going to make sure that she gives you the best show possible. So I am eagerly looking forward to seeing what this is. And clearly I will be there. 
wherever. Yes, I I hope to be too. (laughs) Pop shop goes to Madonna. Hey, again, again. Well, tickets go on sale starting this Friday for select dates, and I think uh, Friday, next Friday, for the rest of them. So I think, uh, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of tickets already on sale. It's a very complicated pre-sale process. Yeah, it too. always is now. So please, you know, check out what is available for your city. And now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Twenty-five years ago this month, the Titanic soundtrack hit number one on the Billboard 200 Albums Chart as it rose from number 11 to number one on the January 24, 1998 dated list. The soundtrack to the blockbuster James Cameron film would spend an incredible 16 weeks at number one, all consecutive, from January 24th on through May 9th of that year. Since Titanic, the only album to spend 16 weeks at number one was Adele's 21 with a massive 24 weeks at number one in 2011 and 2012. The Titanic album's number one run came alongside the film's domination at the box office that year. It was the highest-grossing film in the U.S. every week from its release in late December 1997 through early April 1998. The Titanic album includes Celine Dion's number one Hot 100 song, My Heart Will Go On, but is comprised mostly of orchestral score for the film composed by James Horner. He would win two Oscars for his work on Titanic, for original dramatic score, and for original song for My Heart Will Go On. He wrote the music, and he shared the Oscar alongside lyricist Will Jennings. My Heart Will Go On also went on to win the Grammy Award for both Record of the Year and Song of the Year, as well as Best Female Pop Vocal Performance and Best Song Written for a Motion Picture or Television. Titanic also launched another hit song in the track Southampton, composed and produced by and credited to Horner. The orchestral song was promoted to radio with a version that included dialogue from the film, and it got enough airplay to reach number 22 on the adult contemporary chart and number 39 on the pop airplay chart. The Titanic soundtrack would finish 1998 as the top-selling album of the year in the U.S., selling 9.34 million copies of its now total 10.2 million sold. The album would even spawn a sequel soundtrack, which featured additional music from the film, and it was titled Back to Titanic. Yes, really. Back to Titanic peaked at number two on the Billboard 200 and went on to sell 1.18 million copies in the U.S. This year, for the film's 25th anniversary, Titanic will return to movie theaters on February 10th, remastered in 4K 3D. So there you have it. This month, 25 years ago, the Titanic soundtrack sailed to number one on the Billboard 200 for its first of 16 weeks atop the list. Okay, we've reached the end of our big show. Katie, what song should we go out on? Oh my gosh, there's been so much Madonna talk and so many... So we'll talk about like her hits. I know we've gone out on a lot of Madonna songs in which, our time, your, but it what, feels what like. What song should we go out on that's not like a prayer? That's, that isn't like a prayer. Okay. Like my next, like a, your, my like next a, favorite. Like a good Katie, <laughs> a Katie pick. Um, uh, I have so, I have a lot of favorites, but you know what? The one that just popped into my head first was crazy for you. So let's go for it. 
crazy for you. Well, we're crazy for you, Madonna. Feel That's right. F- feel free to drop by the podcast anytime. <laughs> anytime. It's an open invitation, lady. It's an open your heart invitation. <laughs> oh, ha, ha, there you go. All right. See you guys next week. Bye. You're so close, but still a world away. What I'm dying to say is that I'm crazy for you. Touch me once and you know it's true. I never wanted anyone like this. It's all brand new. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.